everybody has a niece or a nephew that could design your website for you. <laughs> that's not that's not the way to go, especially in the financial services industry. It's um, I think it's a different level of expectation of professionalism that, mm, that they're looking for. If we're going to be, I'm going to be giving you my millions of dollars to invest, I, I, you shouldn't spend $19.99 on your website because then that that's what I think the type of advisor you are. Welcome, everyone, to Kestra Out Loud, where we amplify the voice of the financial advisor. I'm your host, Maria Bethel, and I'm here today with my fabulous co-host, Miss Amy Gordona. Can I play my theme music? Obviously, you have to. It just makes me feel good. I feel like it sets the tone. It does, for everyone. Every time and everyone. There you go. I love it. Tagline. (laughs) We are here today with a very special guest for this show, Miss Jennifer French, the Vice President of Business Development for FMG Suite. Oh, hello, everyone. That's your applause. That's your audience. There's a wide audience out <laughs> <Thank> there. <you. laughs> if the camera could show it, there's hundreds of people watching. Stadium seating all around. Um, FMG Suite is an all-in-one marketing solution specializing in the financial industry. So we are really excited to have this expertise with us today. Jennifer is representing FMG Suite today. So we're going to dive in on some marketing solutions for advisors and specifically the top five ways an advisor can stand out in 2020. Yeah, and that's why I'm excited about this one because we're going to get actionable. Like, what are the things that advisors can do to actually take action in their marketing plan? So I think we're going to have a great conversation. Great. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to jump right in. Um, We all know that it is really tough to get new clients in today's day and age. And um, getting new clients, it, the competition is fierce. And you really have to try to differentiate yourself these days and really stand out from the crowd. Um, so with that in mind, what would you say is the very first step an advisor can do to differentiate themselves and their business from the rest of the financial advisors that are out there? Well, I, I would say I've been in the industry now for 20 years, and I actually started 20 years ago selling websites to financial advisors. So and you're responsible for all those <laughs> ugly photos of them. <laughs> 1985 stock photos. <laughs> and I, you're exactly right. It still amazes me today when I come across a website, and I think, I think I sold that to you 20 years ago, and you haven't updated it since. And they haven't. That's right. So that would be my number one tip to differentiate yourselves from others in the marketplace is to have a really powerful website, not some boring old school templated website to really hire a a company to do it right. Make sure it's beautifully designed. I think it's really important to have it customized for areas your area specialization. You definitely want to include specific content for not only your target market, but your region. So, you know, if you're a New York City skyline, the Chicago skyline, or the beach, or whatever your area specialization is, and your region, make sure that all the graphics, everything really is targeted towards that. And further, I think it's so important that you update your content regularly. So not only just the look and feel, but also have always have fresh articles, fresh blog posts, 
uh, fresh pictures of your latest um, client appreciation yep. event that you had. Uh, if you're if uh, somebody gives you a referral, the very first thing that they're going to do is go to your website. And if your website looks like it hasn't been updated in 20 years, they're not going to pick up the phone and call you. So if you want to stand out from the competition, you have to have a powerful website. Uh, it is a baseline today. Right. We talk about this all the time with financial advisors, and they thought that getting a website was all they had to do. And your first point, which you made a couple minutes ago, is that truly most of them have not touched it in years. Um, and two, I get really passionate about this. Lean into your website. Be mm. authentic. Who are you? Who are your clients? Who are you targeting? Take pictures of you in a meeting with clients. Leverage all that you can to really show who you are um, at the heart of your business. Um, less worrying about the process of the financial you know, less about the financial process and how you manage money, but more about who you are and what you represent to people. It's the biggest thing you can do to stand out. Yeah, and I think one point that really stands out to me, you're saying um, update your website. It's important that you hire someone to do it right. And I think a lot of people immediately are going, and seeing dollar signs yep. in their head. This is gonna cost me money. Why is it important for them to spend that money? Is it important for them to spend that money? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, everybody has a niece or a nephew that could design your website for you. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the way to go, especially in the financial services industry. It's, um, I think it's a different level of expectation of professionalism that, mm, that they're looking for. If we're gonna be, I'm gonna be giving you my millions of dollars to invest, I, I, you shouldn't spend $19.99 on your website because then that, that's what I think the type of advisor you are. That's a really great point. And you don't want to, uh, you know, present yourself like you have a cheap website and mm -hmm. you're, but you somehow you're going to handle millions of dollars. Exactly. On behalf of your client. Exactly. Right. So you have to build that trust right out of the gate from a digital sense. Mm -hmm. um, you can build that bridge of trust, I think. So I just want to jump into the second question because earlier you shared with us um, that the second way that an advisor can stand out in 2020 is original content. Can you describe for us what you mean by original content? Absolutely. I think um, the best way to think about it is, is think of content like a pyramid. The base of the pyramid is content that you would get from a vendor like FMG or Marketing Pro, where we're producing content on a regular basis for you, very you know regular newsletters once a month on the monthly market update or things like that. That is the basis of your content. And then as you move up the pyramid, the middle of the pyramid is curated content. That's content that is a reputable third-party source like the Wall Street Journal or Forbes, and you're linking out to an article and referencing that on your on, on your web on your website. And then the very tip of the iceberg is your own unique content. And I, I put it at the top of the iceberg because it's the most important, but it's also the smallest part. We know that financial advisors, they're not the best marketers. They can't be sitting there creating content every single day. They're financial advisors, they're not marketers. So it's so important, tip of the iceberg, but not the largest part of their campaign. So uh, original content, examples, blogs, they should do a monthly blog. And lots of times advisors say, well, what do I put in a blog? I have no idea what I would do. So I think um, the perfect place to start, think about your ideal client, and think about the questions that they ask you. What are the things they, they call me and they say, Mr. Financial Advisor, they ask you the question. You write that question, answer the question, that's your blog. Next month, what, 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 what is keeping them up at night? What is the biggest concern that they have? What questions are they asking me so I can take a pain point away from them? And then 
write a blog post about their biggest pain point. So look at your ideal client, the questions they're asking you, their pain points, um, use those as your blog posts. Other types of original content would be event promotions. And these could be your own events, your you know, uh, educational event or um, a client appreciation event, like a Super Bowl party, go Chiefs. Or, um, <laughs> or um, It was a good year for the Chiefs. It was, it was. <laughs> Uh, but it could also be just events in your area. So there's a charitable charitable event going on in your city or there's a beach cleanup going on this weekend. So those all count as unique posts, unique content that will help your website and your search engine optimization by having unique content like that. So it's not necessarily writing this whole long article that can be so daunting for a financial advisor to think, I can't do that. You can write a post, which is just a simple answer to a question that your client asks you. I love the idea of the Super Bowl party as original content, as sparking ideas. I'm even starting to run with ideas. I try to tell financial advisors when they ask about original content, too, because you are exactly right. They feel it's so daunting. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't put myself on camera. I, I, don't have a, I don't have a set. I don't have the lighting. I don't have this. I say pull out your cell phone. Your iPhone is amazing. The camera say Maria has the iPhone 11. I'm always amazed by her photos. Wow, the, on the photos. I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a measly iPhone 10. And even I can pull out my camera and you can take a picture of yourself with clients if you run into them somewhere. Say you're even at Disney World with your family and you get a quick couple tips on visiting Disney World. Just do a quick little one-minute iPhone video shot about I'm at the I'm at Disney World with my family and I just learned these two interesting facts about ways to make it easier to navigate the park. Post it up there. Absolutely. That counts as the top of your pyramid Absolutely. for original content. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. Yeah. I, I feel like we need to help advisors feel like it's less daunting than it is, and that's why I love your tip too about the blog. It's like just write down some questions you get from your advisors every day and answer those questions. It is easy to mm-hmm. create some original content. Yeah, and a side note on that is a, a, a vlog kit is only $30 on Amazon. It's a it's a tripod with a little lapel mic, and you just put your iPhone on there, and bam, you can make a video. You can sit at your desk, yeah. and you, you can make you a video. You don't have to have a whole professional crew and studio to make a, a video. So tip number one was the website. Tip number two was original content. Um, so t- for tip number three, the third step in engaging with your clients um, with is engaging them with an inbound marketing strategy. Um, and this is actually, it can be, according to Jennifer, easier than it sounds. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, you know, for the last 16 years, I, I was with Marketing Pro before we got acquired by FMG. And FMG's whole premise is this inbound marketing strategy. So with Marketing Pro, you'd have all this great content and you'd send out an email to your client or prospect and they had to read the article in their email. So A, you really hope that they actually get the email and open it and read it. And then after that, what's the call to where action? They, where are they going? Where are they going? Yeah. So an inbound marketing strategy is really where you send them an email with just a, a teaser, a couple of sentences with a link back to your website. So they go back to your website to read the full article. And then at the end of the article, there's a call to action. Hey, client, prospect, do you have any questions about this? There's a little pop-up, and they can fill it in. Hey, client, here's some other articles available on this similar topic. Or, hey, client, I have a seminar coming up on this topic. Would you like to register for my seminar? So it's bringing those clients and prospects further down the funnel of, you know, turning them from a prospect to a client, to a raving fan, and engaging them and getting them to stay on your website longer. So your whole goal should always be driving all of the traffic into your website say same with social media but put something on social media just a teaser click on the link 
and then actually consume the content on your website. That's why having the website is the number one tip. We're going to keep exactly. circling back to that. I'm going to see how many times I can say that in this entire podcast. And then we, having the original content on the website is helpful because you're giving the client this valuable information and you're not really asking anything upfront from them. You're reaching them really at arm's length and you're providing them something valuable, whether it's the blog post or something going on in the markets, a question that a different client had asked you previously mm -hmm. and you're answering what that question is. So having the original content is just as important um, to have that up on your website. Yeah, and one other thing I would add with the, you know, the inbound marketing strategy is the call to action is really important. I think a lot of advisors miss that. You know, they have the content, but it's not very clear mm. what you want them to do when they get to the end of the article. So um, when you have those opportunities, those pop-ups where you're, you're giving them the opportunity to fill out a form for a prospect, some tips on that is keep it really simple. Don't ask too many things. If you ask them their name, their address, their phone number, their right. income bracket. Who wants to fill that all yeah, out? They're, they're out. They're not going to fill it. I X right out of that. Exactly. Yep. You want to ask at most four things from them, you know, name, email, phone number, and maybe that's it. Or maybe do you have a question or what's your area that you're most focused on or something like that, but never more than four because they will exit out and you'll never get the information. Right, like if you don't want to fill it out on someone else's website, why would they want to fill it out on yours? Mm -hmm. So just kind of keeping something like that in the back of your mind. Yeah. Um, so the next step, you actually believe there is this total strategy around events that advisors put on and how many events that an advisor does in a year. Can you give us a little bit more detail about that? Absolutely. I, I, I recommend a minimum, absolute minimum of four events per year. More fantastic, but sometimes that can be overwhelming too when the reps sit down and think, oh my gosh, I have to plan four events. One of the things that FMG does is um, we have a whole library of events, so we can help you. Uh, there's about 200, 200 events in our event library, and you can go in. There's a checklist of everything you need to do to have a successful event. So you pick the topic, whether it's shred day or open house or Super Bowl wine tasting party. There's a whole checklist of everything you need to do to have a successful event. And then we provide the collateral to help you promote it. So here's a social media post. Here's a email. Here's a actual printed invitation you can mail out to your clients and prospects inviting them to that event. Um, most important, make sure you're inviting your clients and telling them to bring along their friends because most often your ideal client hangs out with more of your ideal clients. So have them come along too. And uh, that's a really great way that reps can grow their business just by having those those client events. And, and by the way, I would add that it doesn't have to be one of the events um, ideas to leverage the resources that are available. Uh, we have an advisor who has a branded event that they do um, time and time again called Cocktails for a Cause. And that is their firm's event. It has grown over the years. It has a double component. And not only is it a great way to bring clients and referrals and prospects together, but it also has a charity component to it. I love um, that. But facilitating that, you can get best practices on how to do that, how to get the social post out there, how to get the invitation out there, all those different things. Yeah, and I think it's important to think also there's two types of events. There's those client appreciation events, and then there's the education events. Yep. And so you really want That's to make a good sure that you have a good balance of both because you want to make sure that they're looking at you as the expert. Yep. So bring them in, talk to them about social security, talk to them about identity theft, talk to them about those things that they're really concerned about. And, um, and, and even if they're not necessarily, the financial advisor is not necessarily the expert on it, but you could bring someone in as the 
the speaker at your event and really make it a powerful educational event. So social media. (laughs) I think financial advisors thought that this was going to be a flash in the pan or that they weren't going to have to worry about it. I actually think they were hoping they weren't going to have to worry about it, in my opinion. <laughs> I think compliance exactly. is hoping that also. <laughs> I think that, fair statement. <laughs> that, that's a very fair statement. Um, I actually think we're making progress we, in the compliance, um, in the compliance um, arm of things. But um, social media truly, it doesn't matter now, generationally, in my opinion. It doesn't matter whether you're a boomer, a Gen X, a millennial, we hear so many conversations about the different generations. Now, I don't think it matters. You need to be engaged on a social media platform. Um, And so how should business owners consider using social media to connect with their existing and potential clients? And is there a difference? Should you have a different strategy? Well, that's a good question. I mean, there's starting to become more and more crossover on the different platforms than there used to be. It used to be LinkedIn was purely professional, and now I'm starting to see that those lines are starting to get a little muddy. Facebook is definitely the more personal, show the pictures of your family. It's definitely the place where you're not necessarily sharing a a financial article on your Facebook. (laughs) Facebook is definitely the more personal place. Um, But I think all three platforms are really have a place for financial advisors today, and they, it does go across all generations. But the point I want to make is a lot of times when you talk to advisors, they say, well, my clients aren't active on social media, so I don't need to be on there. Baloney. It's not- <laughs> Lies. Baloney. <laughs> and I, I just had one of my customers, one of my clients, he was just telling me the story about how his, his biggest client passed away. And all of the wealth went to his children, and he had never met the children before. Which is another. Wow. We, we could do a whole podcast on that. Absolutely. But exactly. So <laughs> he, he, he lost all of the assets, and it was his number one client. And he looked at he said, oh, I, as I'm looking at my all my client list, they're all older, and I don't know their children. So what can I do to connect with that next generation? So this particular guy, he's in Cincinnati, so a big Cincinnati Reds fan. So he started promoting on social media these um, different events that he was having, um, you know, renting out the box, and then even in, inviting his client plus their family to come to Cincinnati Red games. And then, um, and then even when he's not at the game, just posting pictures and comments and things about Cincinnati Reds, just allowing him to connect with the next generation so that when that client passes he has a relationship with their children and has a, an open door there when when okay. that happens and I know this isn't related directly but do you notice how the content he's posting isn't about how to manage your money mm-hmm. the content he's posting that's resonating with people is about the Cincinnati Reds which so many people can relate to like you were talking about the chiefs earlier people have sports teams if you're in that city Mm -hmm. what a great way to connect with the people in the city or in that in that geographical area than around sports it's one of those universal things so i just i heard that little nugget Mm -hmm. there and i was like look it's not even about how how they manage the money it's about creating those relationships and showing who you are i'm a baseball fan you're a baseball fan that that's the connection, the deeper connection there. Yeah, exactly. like it's okay to be a real authentic human. You don't have to be, uh, you know, a robotic advisor that only posts about the market yeah. or volatility or an article from, uh, you know, a news source. Um, you can post the Disney. Yeah. You can post from uh, the Chiefs winning. I would argue <laughs> the Super Bowl. it's the better content. Actually, yeah, I argue that all the time. Argument for the sure. cultural, the authentic, the personality. I would argue that wins every time, actually. 
And I would definitely say another sort of best practice when we, when we think about social media is you don't just post. Post is the talking. You also need to use social media to listen. So you have, you should be a... I love that. You, you yes. should be connected with all of your clients. And you should, I always say, pick a social media day, like Friday. You're kind of over it. You're ready to start your weekend. <laughs> okay, spend the last hour listening on social media. Go and look and see what's going on in your clients' lives. Are they having a grandbaby? Are they have, sending somebody off to college? All those things that you can actually you know, have a personal moment with your customers and you wouldn't actually know that unless you use social media to really listen. I actually love that because of the story you just told about the client, the the advisor who lost their top client. Uh, Many people post obituaries on social media now. There are many online ways that people um, just unfortunately have to distribute news that someone has passed. And if you're on social media and you're having a listening day Mm -hmm. and you're actually digging into a little bit about what's concerning your clients or what's, what are the joyous moments they're having in their lives? I bet you will find a lot of that on social media. I love that point. I love that tip. Yeah. And you can be interactive. You just said if a client, you know, had a grandbaby or whatever the case, if you see they're going on a cruise and they're leaving for vacation, you could easily say, have a fun trip. Exactly. What an easy comment a super, super easy thing for you to do. And then you can remember to even when they get back, maybe send them a little note about how was the trip? What, you know, what different things Boom. did you do? That's a great, right. And another tip on that, on the, on the grandbaby thing is that one of my, I think my, this particular financial advisor, I'm telling you guys a secret, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but he's we like, don't we love secrets. secrets. <laughs> you mean the, the ladies with the microphone aren't going to tell secrets? We never tell. Uh, <laughs> what he does is he, every time he finds out that a baby is being born, either his client's baby or a grandbaby, he gets a piggy bank personalized with the baby's name and sends it. What an amazing present. And it's, put the first dollar in it. Yeah, exactly. Here is a, encouraging you to save. It's a piggy bank. It's engraved and personal. And um, and you could easily find out all the information just by looking on social media. One of the fun things about this conversation, too, that I'm, you know, it's resonating with me is, you know, everyone is, is very obviously focused on ways that they can market themselves more efficiently digitally because that's, um, you know, the way of today, I guess I'll call it. But don't discount the ways that you stand out as a business owner. Forget financial advisor. The ways that you stand out as a business owner is about taking that little extra step and and doing something different, like the piggy bank, like the have a good trip, sending a note when someone, when you notice something, when you have that listening day and you find out something about someone. Those are those high touch moments, I think that makes such a difference. And I, I don't want them to get lost in the conversation about websites and social media, because sometimes I think those can be the most pronounced moments in a relationship, no matter if you're a financial advisor or not. Tips from Amy. (laughs) Life tips. (laughs) Maybe I need to do a listening day. We could all benefit from a listening day. I'm certain of it, right? I love that. I'm loving that We could follow our own advice. (laughs) You should copyright that. Yeah. Because I love that phrase. I'm going to start doing listening days. I probably would be a more a better person for it. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of benefits. I do. So just listening, taking hey, it all in. Because right? they're so concerned with what should I post? What should I post? Well, what do okay, I say? What do I say? It's not just about talking. You're not yelling at your clients all the time. Right. How about listen what's going on in their lives and celebrate, you know, where, where it should be. I really love that. Give the gift of your listening. Exactly. And your time. Yeah. I love that. I really love that. So Amy said earlier in the fifth tip, which was social media, I remember many years ago when I first took over social media for a firm that I worked for, 
Um, my boss was less than enthusiastic. He was not like an Amy Gornona who <laughs> gets all excited about marketing stuff. He was the opposite. He was a very numbers guy, wonderful person to work for. He was very distraught over the fact that I was taking over all the firm social media, the advisor facing social media. And he <laughs> came over to my desk one day and literally said, it doesn't matter. Social media is a flash in the pan. He used that exact phrase. And so I think it's a good thing to point out that it's very obvious many years later, social media was not at all a flash in the pan. And neither is having a good website, neither is having original content, and neither is having an inbound marketing strategy. These marketing tools are here to stay. Yeah, I think that's why I love the five ideas because I, I think they're tried and true five ideas that no matter how the times continue to evolve, websites are going to still continue to be important. Social media, those client events, the way you personalize and, and, and reach out to your clients, none of that's going to get stale. Absolutely. Well, that's all we have for today's show. We really want to thank our special guest, Jennifer French, thank for joining you. us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I know. We had fun. Definitely. More applause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's our over and out. Thank, Thank you. Everybody. Thank Bye-bye. you.